It's Pi Augustine, your Division One candidate for Ipswich. My plan is for a community that is vibrant and attracts world investment, a community that is connected with the state-of-the-art transport system, a community that cares for our people and environment at a time of need. Division One needs a councillor that has the energy and motivation to get things done. A community champion. Find out more about me on my Facebook page, Pi Augustine for Division One. This ad was approved by Pi Augustine candidate. Ipswich deserves strong and stable leadership you know you can trust. I'm Mayor Teresa Harding, and as your Mayor, Ipswich is once again a city that businesses are proud to invest in and families love to call home. To keep our city moving forward, I'm committed to reducing cost of living pressures, expanding our road and transport networks, delivering more for our suburbs, and boosting investment in grassroots sports in our community. So vote one Teresa Harding for Mayor for sustainable growth for Ipswich. Authorised by T Harding, 264 South Station Road, Raceview. Coming up, the Mayor's Year in Review, new leases for tennis, sheds and a community centre, the old Ministry of Food set to transform into an arts hub, what to do with the old woollen mills, and the battle over bad smells at Swanbank continues. Mayor Teresa Harding joins the show to wrap up the council year following the December meeting of Ipswich City Council. It's Monday, December 11, 2023, and I'm Alan Roebuck. Welcome to Ipswich Today, which acknowledges the traditional custodians of the land on which it is produced and pays respects to elders past, present and emerging. This podcast is supported by Kinetics, people-powered web hosting trusted by Australian businesses since 1999. Thank you for speaking with Ipswich Today, Mayor Harding. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you very much for having me on. The last meeting of the year, the home run to Christmas, and you opened the meeting with a year in review highlights. What were the highlights for you personally? I think I, I sort of talked about some of the personal things, um, being able to have a resolution for the people of my high grove, you know, who um, so we worked very closely with the state government and the federal government to make sure those 42 families, you know, would have a buyback as part of the voluntary buyback scheme. And so it's a, it's a townhouse development. Um, the work we did certainly with um, uh, Faye Kennedy on, on Deirdre Kennedy's memorial um, I think was a big thing, but also um, our, what, what, what we've been doing with waste. Um, it's been such a big issue for our for our city for so long and the progress that we're making and hopefully it's continue we'll make um, is something that I think that we, we should be really proud of. We'll come to the waste issue a little further into our chat, but when the meeting got underway proper, there were lots of discussions about various leases that Council mm. has with community organisations. Let's talk about the Queen's Park Tennis one first. Why does it firstly have to come to Council to decide a lease? Yeah, under the Land Act of 1994, council um, is a trustee and must only authorise the use of a trust land by third parties through a trustee lease or a, a trustee permit, and it doesn't permit renewal options. So that means it does have to come to uh, council in accordance with the local government regulations of 2012. So um, those type of things will always come to council, I think, just to be very open and public. Well, that's interesting because I was wondering why there was only a 10-year lease with in, mm. the, in the documentation, no option to extend, but that's, that's part of the Act because tennis has been there since about 1934. <laughs> It has. One of several parcels of land that were sort of snipped from the edges of Queen's Park. Yeah. Uh, does Council have any plans to sort of take back some of that land that's been taken over the years or is it status quo? Uh, look, and you're right, look, Section uh, 61 of the Land Act doesn't allow for options to renew over trust land. Um, the tennis... Um, 
uh, association have, have do have a great business plan. Unfortunately, it was a confidential document. They have a, a really good plan to grow um, players, to grow volunteers. It's been a very successful club. So look, we'll still keep working with them and we're, they're hoping to secure significant funding as well to allow that expansion. And it is probably one of the most beautiful spots in Ipswich yeah, to, to play it is, tennis. It's lovely, isn't it? <laughs> oh, they're so popular. They've got so many events on and so many people that come along and something for all ages. Talking about uh, more leases and a couple of decisions have been kicked down the road to next year and I could see you weren't happy in the meeting as you weren't consulted prior to that meeting. Has this now been sorted? Yeah, so we'll look at the Rosewood Green Shed as well as the Rosewood Community Centre as and the Marburg Red Shed. Certainly there'd been no consultation by council officers with myself and I made that clear and so I asked for those to be, uh, you know, I guess you said kick down, the, kick down to, to January. Um, you know, I think the people who expect that their elected representatives uh, would be across things, anything to do with, with you know, our community groups who are very active and do provide a great service. So I really want to make sure that they are consulted, that they're not just being given uh, a lease or a permit that they're not happy with. So um, I hope the organisation has, has heard and they'll make sure that they'll um, consult myself and they are starting to do that now. Moving across to Darcy Doyle Place and the old Jamie's Kitchen premises, which is a council-owned building. A lot of people may not know that, but you've earmarked it to become an arts hub. So what exactly does council want to see there? Look, Councillor Andrew Fickner and Marnie Doyle uh, submitted a notice of motion back in October um, for us to have a, an arts hub that's a bit of a missing piece in our CBD. And um, we think that the Ministry of Food area there would be a great um, workspace so artists could either book it or be there to do, actually do their work. And um, I think that would be a great centrepiece of the hub. And we're also wanting to um, leverage the space up at Fire Station 101 as well for exhibition and, and other things like that as well. So, look, I know that longer term we are looking at the usage of mills, but we do know that's probably at least – 15 or $20 million worth of work there. And in in reality, too, we nearly really need to scale up. So let's start off, let's start doing these things, and then let's scale up and, and grow. Talking of the old woollen mills at North Ipswich mm. there, Council acquired that site some time ago, I believe on the whim of a political thought bubble at the time, and nothing has really happened. Is the building worth saving? Yeah, it is a heritage building, so it does need to be saved. Okay. Um, so part of the issue is the asbestos there, um, the condition of the building, but also the ground and the soil itself is toxic and hazardous just from all those years of being a woolen mill with the dyes and the, and the chemicals that were used there. So, look, Council did acquire it for $1.2 million back in 2015. And back in 2018, the interim administrator said it cost at least $10 million just to repair and remediate the building. Um, so, look, at the time, the Council did spend a million dollars to restore some of the work. And um, so, basically, some work just went into fixing up one of the parts of the building that was sort of falling apart. So, it's sort of basically we're doing our best just to make sure that it um, uh, has, I guess, is secure, um, it won't burn down and just making sure that you know, we're doing what we can as part of the heritage building maintenance plan. Even if, we, I guess the discussion we've had with many artists, that even if it was, you know, tomorrow, here's a, a great arts hub, you wouldn't be able to fill it straight away. So we're really keen to do the arts hub uh, in, in Darcy Door Place, um, use it as a wet space and grow and expand and scale up. Late November, you had the committee round for the December council meeting. Back then, you spoke about the uh, smells emanating from the Swan Bank Industrial Area. Since then, the state government's issued an order. What is this order and what will it mean for residents? Yeah, look, there's obviously a range of actions underway by 
Ipswich City Council and also the state government. And look, they are legal matters, so I won't go into specifics, but I think we have a, a shared objective. We want the waste industry operators to, com- to comply with their regulatory approvals. We need to make sure they comply with their town planning approvals as well as their environmental approvals as well. So we we can see now that the, the stink is so bad in so many suburbs, um, there's obviously non-compliance from an environmental perspective. So I'm quite delighted that the state government have stepped up um, and issued this restraining order. Um, and, and, I, and I really hope that the courts will hear them out properly when it comes back to court and will grant that application. One of the major operators at Swan Bank is Newgrow. They've mm-hmm. publicly invited you and Minister Linard to a meeting in a letter yes. they published mid-November. Has this been set up yet? No, I received the um, letter yeah, mid-16th, I think, 16th of November, and um, I've contacted Minister Linard's office to work out a time that we could sit down together. I've obviously had a meeting previously to that with Minister Linard to discuss Newgrow and, and other waste operators. Um, I found the letter to be... Um, an interesting letter, uh, Alan. Uh, there was no responsibility at all taken. It was a letter by blaming everyone else for the fact that they're not complying. So, again, I just asked the waste operators to comply with their environmental authority um, as they're supposed to under law. There was one part of that letter, uh, Mayor Harding. Newgrow said they want to improve the situation mm. and they say delays by council delays their ability to improve the situation. Mm. Well, I would say that's false. Um, the it's quite clear that they're not following the law. They're, we're in court for, for two matters. Um, one of them is a development application that we've knocked back. Um, we've had pre-lodgement meetings and presentations actually from Newgrow um, in doing invested composting, which means the composting would happen in an enclosed building. And all the structures they showed us during that presentation and during pre-lodgement were concrete, um, proper structures. And when the DA did come to council, instead it was just a Gore-Tex or a textile fibre. They just want to put a textile fibre across the, the composting. And so we went to council and uh, we did reject it and that's in court at the moment. So um, to me, they, you know, they did make a commitment that they would have a properly enclosed composting uh, facility and that's not coming forward and that's what we need um, because they're clearly not being able to manage the odours now. Elsewhere in December's council meeting, there was discussion about resource recovery. Riverview is still getting money spent on it, uh, mm. which came as a bit of a surprise to me because you've got a new site earmarked on Red Bank Plains Road. What is council getting for $3.8 million it wants to spend at uh, Riverview? Um, so we still need to – we have to um, – fix the plane while we're flying it, um, Alan. So um, as part of fixing the plane is that we're making sure that the river view is is, is very small. We've, we grew out of it many years ago. So we'll be improving some of the areas such around the hard stand and the, and the different areas where it takes in waste as well so we can increase the capacity there. Um, and at the same time, obviously, ploughing ahead with building a new resource recovery centre um, down the Swanbeck Newcham area. Ripley Road and Fisher Roads are due for upgrades and I'm sure that will give many residents a lot of joy given the uh, the, the massive growth that's happening in the Ripley Valley. Mm. Do you have a timeline for tenders and construction yet? Look, Council's currently has a draft infrastructure agreement that's being uh, coordinated and negotiated with the Economic Development Queensland who have the responsibility for all the development in the Ripley Valley. Um, that infrastructure agreement sets out the terms of the potential funding from the state uh, that will allow that. So, look, I guess the part that Council's responsible for, we've gone out for the detailed design and construction on the Cunningham Monterey area to begin in 2025. So, yeah, we've still got um, a way to go. But what is really important is that the um, we do really need Economic Development Queensland or the state government to uh, provide that funding for the Ripley Road and Fisher Road upgrades. 
let's finish our last chat for the year in a festive uh, mood. <laughs> it is it is almost Christmas. The Christmas lights are well and truly out and about. And if I'm not mistaken, it, it feels like there's actually more participants this year across the city. Before I get to the best streets, um, I need to tell you about the huge success of the St Nicholas Precinct. Over the last uh, three nights, over Friday, Saturday, Sunday night, we had over 11,600 people come to the St Nicholas Precinct. So it's really great. And we can see that people do love Christmas lights out in their suburbs too. We had um, Paul Tully Avenue in Collingwood Park and Mahogany Street in Raceview um, take out the top awards. And um, really great to see our community continue to get into the Christmas light game spirits. Enjoy your Christmas, Mayor Hardy, until we catch up uh, in the new year. Enjoy your holidays and talk to you in January. Thank you. Have a Merry Christmas too, Alan. And a quick reminder to look for those handy links in the show notes. Ipswich Today is supported by Kinetics, people-powered web hosting trusted by Australian businesses since 1999. This podcast is listener supported. Please make a once-only gift or regular donation to help keep it online. Just go to ipswichtoday.com.au. Follow and stream this podcast from your favourite app, including iHeartRadio, or play Ipswich Today on smart speakers. Music is supplied by Purple Planet Music. This is Alan Roebuck. Thank you for listening. From legendary locals we all know to people you should get to know. Follow Ipswich Today on your favourite app and never miss an episode or go to ipswichtoday.com.au.